From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 241 of the Anxiety Project podcast. I am Brad Robinson. Today, it's all about hypochondria. What is hypochondria? And what are the signs that you might be in this health anxiety vicious cycle? Now, if you are, um, if this podcast resonates with you, re-listen to it. To better understand anxiety is to traverse the unknown space that you are currently contending with. And that's really important because the health anxiety sufferer is in this unknown space. They're in this video game-like world where they're on the map and the map is all grayed out and a lot of exploration has to be done. But the thing about health anxiety is that it creeps into the person's life and it pops up. And it pops up to the, and they don't know what's going on. And so they're thrust into this self analyzation, exploration, state of fear and confusion. And they're like my old self getting results that don't help grow the the knowledge of what they're contending with in the right way, but they are getting misinformation. Their family is telling them to relax, everything will be okay, have a beer. Um, the doctor is telling you one thing, but you're feeling another thing. It's confusing, it's bewildering, you don't know what to do, you don't know how to navigate this. So I hope this episode helps you to better understand this total confusion and it helps shed a lot of clarity and it, it illuminates much of the uh, anxiety around this. And so, Health anxiety is the constant rumination and obsession over one's state of health. It becomes a vicious cycle because anxiety produces a lot of symptoms and then you start to, well, you develop symptom stress. You're stressing over the symptoms, but you don't even know that. You think the pain, the body aches, the strange mole, the discoloration of the eye or skin or the vein or the lump, whatever it is, you start to develop a, a, a real fear of that particular thing. And then the fear bounces around. So that's another th sign you might have health anxiety is that the fear bounces from one symptom to another, to another, to another. And it becomes this overwhelming, like thing in your life. And a lot of people start to shake their fists at God because they want to just go back to how things were and they can't get back there. They can't get back there. And I'm, I'm going to talk about that, why that's the case, why you can't go back to that state of unconsciousness to, you know, being that guy who plays or girl playing that video game or, you know, going back to their old lifestyle or the free, happy, you know, self that they once were. So the first sign I want to get into is obsessing, right? Obvious, but not so obvious. Because when I was suffering, um, I never knew I had health anxiety. I just thought each symptom was, well, the end of me. And that because the doctor said it was okay, 
I was still feeling the strangeness of it. And then that made me go, well, I must be going crazy because if everyone's telling me one thing and I feel a different way, oh my God, I don't know what's going on with me. I must be a unique individual that belongs in an insane asylum. So the first sign is obsessing. And obsessing is a sign that this thing, whatever it is that you're obsessing over, the hyperventilation, the nausea, the lack of focus, the emotional numbness, the rapid heart beating, whatever it is, the tingly sensations, this is of great significance to you. And, well, you're driven to accomplish your aim in determining what this could mean. And that is huge to understand. But if your behaviors to reach that aim are directed in an unhealthy way, that can produce a whole host of snakes and you will, you will not get the results you're looking for. And what I mean by a whole host of snakes is one habit can produce many negative outcomes, but, but a really healthy habit can have healthy outcomes that bleed out into the rest of your day and week. And so, like playing a video game, you want to complete the game because you're excited about it. So you wake up early and that's all you think about. You think about the video game. You think about progressing down that avenue. And if an obstacle presents itself from playing that video game, you're going to get hostile. You're going to experience negative emotion because whatever gets in the way of your goal-directed behavior produces negative emotion. So you start to shake your fist at whatever gets in your way. And well, when you get back to that progression, you feel pretty good. So why this relates to your health anxiety is because a health anxiety sufferer wakes up all the time and they feel well, they're ruminating over how they feel and, oh my God, is it still there? Yeah, it's still there. Okay, I got to go on Google. I got to phone my doctor. I got to go on YouTube. I got to figure this out and they, I got to talk to my family. So, so they're trying to solve this problem. And so work, family life, responsibilities, that gets put on the back burner. Because the pain of the chaos the sufferer is enduring is most real and significant to them, so all other things get put to the side, right? That's what's important. I have to solve this. What is happening here? And so you're obsessing over this thing. It's like in the Buddha story, when Buddha is living in this bubbled palace of comfort and bliss, he goes out into the world and he discovers death, right? His father didn't want um, Buddha to see death at all. But what happened was he went out into the world and the snake always gets in. Reality always presents itself 
to those who want to ignore it and who want to remain unconscious. It will, it will creep in eventually and you, you will have to pay attention to it. So when Buddha encounters death, decay, disease, he starts to obsess over it. He's like, how could that be? What is that? How do I make sense of this? And so really you are in that same boat. How are, how do you make sense of what you are currently experiencing? Something has triggered your health anxiety. Something brought about your health anxiety. This is a sign from the universe that this is the path that you need to walk down. This is what you need to explore going forward. And so, for me, an example is, well, my aim of solving the problem of my potential illness that resulted in habits that helped me numb, soothe, and distract me, but they did not solve the root causes of why I was suffering. I was leaning on things and people for comfort, and it felt nice. I was getting some sort of reward for that, but the root cause was not being solved. And so the more I went down this path, the more I realized that what I'm relying on is not serving me and I need to look elsewhere. And that is huge. So to the health anxiety sufferer, what has been deemed irrelevant before is now relevant to them. The reality of, of existence has crept into their existence. And now they're in a state of hyper-awareness because the snake always makes us awake. The realities of life make us awake. And now your past is not what you thought, your present is not what you thought, and your future is uncertain. It's like when you grow up in a bubble of comfort and bliss and you have this notion, oh, all people are good. All people are nice. And then when you get mugged, when you get betrayed by somebody, it shocks the person because it completely shatters their belief of the world. And now they have to reconstitute their belief. And so what they thought was real in the past is no longer what they thought and their present is no longer what they thought and their future is uncertain. So now they have to reconstitute their whole notion of what is good and evil. And that is no joke. That's a whole territory of new exploration. They have to go down. And so it's no different with health anxiety. Now you have to build on a different philosophy and understand what is really going on internally. Because my goal in life was not to be a coach and to walk down this recovery path. But because rock, rock bottom occurred, I had no other option but to face, well, my circumstances. And so the signs that you are in chaos, like the constant obsession, obsessing and the dependencies that you're relying upon to numb, soothe, and distract you, that shows that 
you not only need to reevaluate your past, but your present and your future. So shifting my lifestyle habits and building a new identity for myself was not something on my list of to-dos in life, but it was something I needed based on the chaotic state of my internal world. And so people suffering, they look into the world through the filters of their own pain and suffering. That's all they see. You see what you aim at. If I tell you right now, look around and pay attention to anything that is blue. And I want you to list off everything you see that is blue. You will tell me what you saw. You'll start to list them off. You will even perceive shades close to blue, but not blue as being blue. The world will manifest itself to you by what you desire. If I were to say, well, close your eyes, and I want you to tell me everything that was in the environment that was red, you would go, well, I can't say. I, I was only paying attention to what was blue. And you couldn't tell me because your aim was shifted to all things blue. And so many of us go through one trauma after another and wind up in a constant state of self-criticism to the point their world is consisting of external dependencies to offer them temporary pain relief. And they are only paying attention to the expectations within themselves and they're only paying attention to the suffering because it's well-practiced. And so to that person, there is no personal development on their end, just stagnancy and dependencies. There is no self-analysis and no independence on their end. They feel like a slave to their own selves. Being around these people is draining because you see them lugging around unnecessary weight and you just want to shake them and say, hey, just let go. If only you stopped doing this one thing, things would get better for you. But they can't let that part of themselves burn away. So their future selves pay for it. And then when they wind up in another toxic relationship or they wind up sick or in the hospital, it's no surprise to you. They become their own worst enemy. In the Jonah and the whale story, a story I absolutely love, this story symbolizes the return to order out of chaos. Jonah winds up in chaos, in the belly of a whale at the bottom 
of the ocean because God told Jonah to bear up responsibility and help these people on Nineveh, this city, Nineveh. And Jonah was like, I can't do that. I don't, hey man, I'm not the guy for the job. I'm going to run away from that. And God telling Jonah is that internal voice telling you that you should probably do that, but then you ignore it because it's difficult. We don't want to confront that. And so because Jonah turned a blind eye, he winds up in the bottom of the ocean, in the belly of a whale. And the way he gets out of the whale is so fascinating to me. It's so psychologically brilliant because he's contemplating in the whale how he wound up in this situation. The steps he partaked in and the behaviors he engaged in that made him wind up in that situation and it sh- it sh- it shakes him to his core and then he realizes oh I- i'm the cause of this so when he decides to bear responsibility and then heed god's call to help Nineveh he then is spat up by the whale onto the shores of Nineveh and i think that is absolutely true for those who are suffering because if you do not bear the responsibility of your cross then how are you going to expect any change to occur those with the set mindset stay put in their ways of being because their ego goes well i'm so used to suffering i'm getting much reward from being a victim I'm getting attention from other people. That's great. Um, I'm getting security at home. That's great. I'm I'm getting an easy pass to go home from work, right? By saying, oh, I have depression or I have anxiety. I'm not feeling well. Um, and it becomes, they they start to develop unconscious strategies of getting out of situations that are difficult. And so, they shrink their world smaller and smaller and smaller over a period of time to the point where they're a slave to their own their own selves because they don't have the resources and self-reliance within them to handle situations that are even remotely difficult and that was me i wound up with agoraphobia which is fear of fear itself i wound up staying at home reliant upon family to help make me feel safe and you know netflix to distract me weed to numb and soothe and dr google to provide temporary temporary relief because the diagnosis from google will be like okay i finally figured it out but then you know those diagnoses on google are very open-ended because one symptom could be like a hundred different medical possibilities and you know dr google leads you into a pit of uncertainty that way and that's no joke 
a lot of people wind up in very bad places just by Googling and YouTubing their symptoms. But I think obsession is obsessing is can be viewed in a very positive way because the more you obsess over it, the more you realize what's not working for you and then you have to move out of what's not working into new domains of the unknown and then you might find the answers like myself because I was so desperate that I found somebody on YouTube that I related to who went through the pain, the same pain and suffering I went through and got out of it. So I I became obsessed then over what they went through and the process they undertook to conquer their dragons. And that is massive. But you can't, you can't open the door to new potential to potential unless you admit to yourself that what you are currently doing is not working for you. And you have to say, well, hey, my family is not, it's, that's not working. The drugs, that's not working. The reassurance, that's not working. Whatever it is, the crutches, right? Where you're looking is not working. So you have to shift your aim elsewhere and look elsewhere. And I hope that this podcast is one of those places that you found that has helped you progress toward self-mastery and understanding your anxiety and the pain. That's why I created the channel was to be that light and that guide and that structure for you. Also, it's really important to understand that the sufferer will attract like-minded people. Like how a brain circuit grows, the more you entertain it, snakes grow, snakes multiply. The more you entertain behaviors, you know are only crutches and not facilitating real growth making you feel weak and lost. Health anxiety sufferers are so disconnected with themselves and who they are. They don't know who they are. They're only a mouthpiece of culture and the beliefs of the people around them. And growing, that's no joke. Because if you decide to change your circumstance, well, and shift your identity... That's going to cause so much resistance on your end. The ego will try and pull you back into what's familiar, but also fears of not being accepted by the people around you. You're getting some, you're feeling accepted and loved by being the victim, right? But if you decide to change, clean up, get up early, go to the gym, go for a walk in the morning, drink tea instead of coffee, or you know, cut sugar out, cut what dairy cut um carbs out of your life people might in your household they might go well who do you think you are doing that you think you're better than us that could be a possibility and that drives a lot of people back into their old identity because now they're not accepted by the people around them they're a black sheep but 
embrace that black sheep because you're betraying yourself if you're not sticking to something you know to be right and that'll make you stronger mentally and physically. And are you willing to sell your soul just to please the people around you? Or you never know, you might grow and develop and the people around you go, well, I support you, Brad. I support you, like my family. I support you, which I'm lucky. But there have been certain situations where people don't. And it's it's self-evidently the case. I've been around lots of people who are resistant to me going on a ketogenic diet, me um, quitting caffeine or whatever it is, going to the gym or not going out for a beer with them or not smoking weed either. You're going to see that. And embrace the fact that you are a black sheep because culture is not your friend. And I knew early, early on that if I go against the grain of the normalcy here in today's culture, I have faith that that will be the path for me because everything else hasn't been working up until this point. And that's a hard realization to come to, but it was true for me. And so I found myself through new habits that were difficult, sacrificing things I was dependent upon and then replacing them with new habits. That's no easy thing. And lastly, to conclude this podcast, not only do anxiety sufferers avoid their own minds, but they avoid other places. I shrunk my world down so small, like I said earlier, to the point where I was afraid of even walking a block from my house, experiencing the symptoms of rapid heartbeat, dizziness, nausea, and potentially dying and being judged by other people. So I spent a lot of my time at home. And so that fear circuit grows so damn rapidly when you avoid places because that's a threat. Acting out the idea by running away from places or avoiding places that it's better off that I'm not there, that fear circuit of that environment, you're rep that representation is so damn strong that when you go out into the, that situation or a situation resembling the situation you, re, you ran away from, you're going to experience fear, anxiety. But when I started to sit with myself amidst the fear, the unbelievable confusion and pain of that fear, and, and I stayed and that fear lessened. I discovered new parts of myself I never knew existed. And that's where I'm going to leave you on today's podcast episode. Thank you, everybody, for being here with me today. Here are some other signs you might have health anxiety. I might repeat some, so just 
you know, bear that in mind. But other signs include hiding behind a, your partner at get-togethers and telling them, whispering in their ear, can we go? I don't want to be here. Or avoiding coworkers at work, you know, so that so that you can be alone with your symptoms. Um, I would say the, the constant doctor visits. I would say Googling your symptoms, another big one. Constantly monitoring your blood pressure, your heartbeat, checking in on parts of your body, checking your urine, privates. And I hope that this episode shined a light on what you might be contending with. I do have one-on-one coaching, so if you're interested to talk to me about this, visit unpluganxiety.com, sign up for coaching. It's private via Skype. We'll build a structure and a step-by-step approach to tackling this chaotic uncertainty. I also have a recovery program. If you want to do the recovery on your own, it's downloadable. You can download it right to your computer. It's awesome. A lot of people say great things about it that have bought it, so I highly recommend that too. Rise above anxiety. I'll see you next time. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.